Hello, this is Rabbi Marcus Rubenstein for a daily life in a Jewish of a Jewish mystic, continuing on in our learning of Rashid Chochmah, the amazing Kabbalistic spiritual safer um, book by Rabbi Eliyahu Davidis, continuing on with the introduction. Uh, we're going to do uh, nice selections from the introduction that really have a lot to teach us, uh, and this is really powerful stuff. It's going to be amazing how the, the safer really mixes in both Kabbalistic, uh, Kabbalistic material, uh, mystical material from the Zohar, as well as Agadata, Talmudic tales of, of Midrashim, of, of legends from the Midrashic collections, uh, explications in the Torah that are not con- normally considered um, Zohar or Kabbalistic in that level. And that's one of the things that the Rashid Chochman does so wonderfully here. Usually you get one or the other, right? You choose one or the other. Um, but here, you only get you get both, which is nice. It's intertwined together. So we're going to start with a piece from the Zohar on Bereshit, um, really looking at the, the mystical and symbolic meanings of the tree of life and the tree of good and evil. And of course, if you need a little bit of a refresher on what happened in the Garden of Eden, right? God told uh, Adam that he could not eat of any of the, uh, the the tree of good good and evil, but he could eat of every other tree in the garden. What a lot of people forget is that there was actually another really special tree called the Tree of Life. And the Tree of Life, Adam and uh, Adam and Eve could eat it of, uh, but they just couldn't eat of the Tree of Good and Evil. Um, after they ate of the Tree of Good and Evil, then they were prohibited from the garden in general, but they were certainly prohibited from eating of the Tree of Life. Uh, and in general, the idea is that they can't eat of the Tree of Life and the Tree of Good and, e- good and Evil at the same time. It's either one or the other. And the Kabbalists took them to represent two different spiritual paths that all of us um, choose from, whether we're eating of the tree of tree of life or the tree of, of good and evil. Uh, and so the Zohar is going to discuss that symbolically now. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Sechel Tov Ze'etz HaChaim, Shehu Sechel Tov Below Raklau. If you remember from last time, the we were looking at this verse which gives the namesake Reshit Chochma Yirat Adonai Yirat Hashem Sechel Tov Lechol Osehem The beginning of wisdom is awe or fear of God It is good knowledge, intelligence for all those who do them And we talked a lot about what it means uh, to have awe, that awe of God is so important to Torah study and, and Torah life that there really is no Torah without awe or, or fear of God Awe of God, fear of God, the mixture of the two um, and then we also talked about, you know, that the end here is specifically for Osehem, for those who do them, not for Lil Modehem, not the ones who learn them, but for the ones who do them. That's the beginning of wisdom. And so doing the mitzvot, which is the general theme of the Hakadmah, the introduction is the importance of doing mitzvot instead of just learning about mitzvot or learning wisdom, but doing um, God's will in this world. So we learned this, this weird verb, sechel which literally means, you know, intelligence or knowledge of some sort. It's a strange, a little bit of a strange word, and you might not know exactly, you know, what is really meant here. What does sechel tov, good intelligence, mean? And so the Zohar is actually explaining it through a mystical understanding of what the tree of life is. He writes that this good intelligence or good wisdom from the verse, Reishit Chochma Yirat Hashem, the beginning of wisdom, it's a, the beginning of wisdom is awe of God, it's good intelligence, sechel tov, for all those who do them, what the Zohar says, this is the tree of life, Eitz HaChaim, Shehu, that it is good wisdom or good intelligence without any bad in it. 
and because she'ain ra shorebo, and because there's no evil in it in that tree, who sechel tov below ra? It's good intelligence without bad, or good wisdom without bad. Now this is important. What is the tree of life always compared to? Is the tree of life is compared to the tree of good and evil, and this appears over, over and over in Hasidic literature and Kabbalistic literature. Is the comparison between these two trees? Eitzchayim, the tree of life is usually compared to. Is is one of the the highest, most elevated uh, trees to possibly eat from. Chaim is is one of the greatest things. It's it's one of the reasons why we say lachaim when we say uh, you know cheers to each other in in Jewish communities. We say lachaim to each other uh, to say that that this should be for life. Life is the best thing in the world, and it's actually true within halakhic literature as well. There's there's this whole entire idea of purity and impurity within Judaism, and purity is all is everything that has to do with life. Um, giving life, bringing more life into the world, elevating, and anything that's to do with impurity has to do with death. Uh, and specifically, the number one source of impurity in this world is 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 a dead body, um, which is why we bury so quickly, uh, and we purify the body, we wash the body before burying it, because death or or the, the dead bodies or any kind of dead animal is also uh, impurity uh, for man to to be around. And it's for that reason, the symbolic understanding of that is that you know life is the the best is is the most blessed good thing that there's no there's no bad in life in that regard, um, and of course life is tied into an under a higher understanding of of chayut of of energy or vitality uh, that uh, God gives us at every moment here, and what's interesting within the tradition is that Torah Torah study and learning Torah is not always considered good. Uh, most of the time, it's considered one of the highest goods. But what's really interesting about Judaism is that the literature itself, rabbinic literature, notices that there are people who study Torah and learn Torah who are not good, who don't behave well, uh, and don't. And and for those people, um, they say that it actually is a sam mavit. It's a medicine of death. That although the Torah is a medicine, it's actually a medicine that leads one into sin if one does not is not trying to actually follow and observe what the sincerely. You know what the words of the Torah say. Now that doesn't mean you always succeed in following what the Torah says, but at least you try. You have to be trying to follow what the words of the Torah say. If you're not even trying, right? If you're just going there to criticize uh, what the, the the Torah is saying, that is what the Torah is talking about. That it become, can become a psalm mavit. It can actually make one a worse person and bring one closer to death. And that kind of Torah study is called eitz eitzachayim dot tovara, right? That's the the eitz eitz dot tovara. It's the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which is the tree that Adam and Eve chose to eat from, um, that, that brings them towards um, brings them towards out of the garden, right? It's a tree in which there can be sin that's found, right? Uh, that there is some bad in that tree, right? Even though it's still Torah, there's still some bad in that tree. It's using the Torah for other means than just to come closer to God and, and follow God's will, maybe to uh, make a name for yourself or anything like that, or egotism in other way. But in, uh, as compared to that sechel tov, or good wisdom here, good intelligence, is specifically Eitzachayim, is the tree of life, in which there's no, no wrong. This is the tree that Adam and Eve ate from before uh, eating of the tree of good, of good and evil. Right? This is the tree which there's all good. Remember that Adam and Eve lived forever in the tree of garden, that there was an eternity to it, there was an eternal delight to it, uh, and that's the tree of life. And of course, we are prohibited to eat the tree of life once we eat of the tree of good and evil, right? Adam and Eve is banished from the garden, right? Because 
Again, now Adam and Eve has entered a place symbolically in the Zohar where, where he's open to impurity, right? Once we go into the tree of good and evil and we start thinking selfishly about ourselves and our own needs um, in that regard, our own desires, um, then we enter into this place where, you know, really Torah isn't always good. Torah can actually lead to bad. Torah can lead to evil. And we see that all the time in the world. In our world, unfortunately, people use religion all the time to bash each other over the head. Uh, they hurt each other. They insult each other with religion. People judge each other with religion. It happens in so many different places. And and what the Zohar would call this is this is the tree of of good and evil. This is the the religion that is the religious life of a tree of light of good and evil. It's not the religious life of someone who's really trying to to serve God, to to really be in God's presence and figure out how to act well in life, toward, and so that God can dwell within us and in this world. Rather, that's the Torah of that's the that's Eitzachayim, that's the tree of life. And again, the the Zohar is being brought here to show us that Torah study can is called Eitzachayim, right? We 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 actually sing about how the Torah is Eitzachayim, the tree of life, um, every day uh, when we take out the Torah. We say Eitzachayim. Don't worry, I'm not the cantor. <laughs> My voice is not so good. Um, but uh, the reason we sing that is to say that this can be a tree of life for us. It's a tree of life for those who take hold of it. right? For those who don't take hold of it and don't try to act according to it, Right, we say Right, that specifically the Torah can be a tree of life to us if we go with it through the paths of peace. Is the end of that that right? Only if, and we all know that there's parts of the Torah that don't necessarily lead to peace if we read them literally. But if we follow the Torah according to the paths of peace and wholeness. As the thing says, a meaning, and, and that gives definition to we take hold of the Torah for ourselves in our own lives and, and really uh, make it apparent in our own lives. We actually uh, do the Torah and we make it an actual instruction for us, which is, of course, where it's named from. Torah means instruction. Then it'll be considered sechel tov. It'll be good, considered good intelligence or good wisdom, as the Rashid Chokhmah verse originally said in the Psalms 111.10. Um, but according to the Zohar, it's considered Eitzachai in the tree of life in which there's no evil, as opposed to the tree of knowledge of good and evil in which there is some mixture of good and bad together. Uh, and, and that's really, really, really important in, in how we work. So we keep our religious life healthy and good and, and not abusive, which is so important. Religion can easily fall into this abusive pattern. And I think that's kind of what Rashid Chokhmah is trying to, to stay away from. So one of the places in which we see this um, is in a Talmudic tale, which is so... Um, an interesting one of my favorite parts of the Torah to look, to study is the Agadot or the stories of the Talmud, the non-legal sections of the Talmud, because they're so illustrative of you know what our theology should be and how we should believe, how we should um, live our lives uh, in in a much more general sense than um, you know the specifics of halacha. These these stories are really beautiful, and one thing that's really beautiful about these stories is they're not necessarily like they're not like a lot of times you read read something. And it's just, you know, super, it's just super clear, um, right? And it's almost like too clear. It's kind of like boring to read. Um, but here, uh, it's, it's, it's not that case. It's not uh, so simple. And you have to actually really sit and think about it, which, which I love. I love whenever a Torah text really gets you to sit and think and really 
um, try to understand it deeply and try to understand what the text is saying to you, uh, which is, to me, uh, kind of one of the major points of Taurus to really get you to think about your life and, and how you can be better. There's a story once in the Talmud, um, in the tractate on idolatry, Avodah Zarah 11a, that Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma, when Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma um, got sick, Balach Rabbi Hanina ben Tardion Lavakro and and uh, Rabbi Hanina ben Tardion came to visit him, right? Because of course it's a mitzvah to visit those who are sick, so he was visiting him. Veshalo Rabbi Hanina lo Rabbi Yosi, and 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 Rabbi Hanina asks Rabbi Yosi, right? The 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 person who's visiting the sick person asks the sick rabbi, Ma'ani lechay olam haba? What am I? Do I get olam haba? Do I get olam haba? Do I get to heaven? You know, am I living a good life? Basically, he says to him, and he responds to him, Klum ma'asei ba'at liyadecha. Is there, there any kind of action you did, right? Have you done any? Have you done anything, right? And and this goes back to the general theme of what Rishin Chochma is about. Is like, the question isn't what you he did. He could the rabbi was his teacher. He could have he asked him like, what have you learned? What Torah have you taught or or, or no? But he specifically. Um, Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma asked Rabbi Hanina, you know, specifically, what were the actions that you did? What were the actions you did? And and of course, he tells this interesting story. It was Purim time, and I needed to buy one of the central mitzvot of Purim is to give, is to uh, make a suit, to make a, a, a meal for the Purim holiday in celebration of Purim. Um, so he had money, and he was going out to buy groceries, but instead he... Um, also, is giving tzedakah at the same time. Maybe it's possibly because it's a mitzvah also to, um, you know, give tzedakah and give to the poor and poor as well. But he gave the money that he had for the poor meal to tzedakah, right? Obviously, it seems to be that the Talmud is saying that this is a, this is a, and, and what he ends up doing is he gives double money to tzedakah and he has to go back and get money for the poor suda also. So he ends up giving double money than he expected. And so, right after this, uh, Rabbi Hanina says, uh, uh, Rabbi Yossi says back to him, may my portion be with yours. May my destiny be with yours. Very interesting story, right? So that really what matters is, are you being, you know, have you, have you done good in this world? Uh, is, is the actions you're doing, uh, are you doing good things, right? Are you be, being a good person in this world? Are you doing God's mitzvah, right? Did you do God's mitzvah? Um, how do you respond under adverse circumstances when there's a temptation to not do a mitzvah, right? To not do, do act well in the world. How do you respond? And, and if you respond well to that and you pass that test, then the Torah is good, right? Then you know, right? But if you haven't, you can know all the Torah in the world, but it doesn't really matter. It's really interesting and it's even deeper when you open up this, this story even more. Interestingly enough, the Reishi Chochmah usually just, um, just gives the, the beginnings of, of, of a story. Sometimes it doesn't it doesn't quote the whole entire story. Um, so what I want to do with you, and I want to just, um, um, I'm sorry, I said Avodazara 11a, I meant 18a, I'm sorry. Um, but I want to read the story from the actual Talmud itself. From you know, I'm going to read from the Steinsalz translation available on safaria.org, a wonderful website. Um, Rabbi Steinsaltz was a wonderful um, elucidator of the Talmud in both Hebrew and English. And I'm going to read from his English translation here. And it, it, the story gets a lot more complicated once we actually hear it in the original here. The sages taught, when Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma fell ill, Rabbi Hanina ben Tirdayon went to visit him. Okay, we know the story so far. Sounds familiar. Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma said to him, Hanina, my brother, how do you not know that this nation has been given rain by a decree from heaven? 
right? So Rabbi, remember that the rabbis are living under Roman persecution, right? And they're forbidding them to study Torah, etc., etc. You know, killing them, it, it, it's, it's not, not a good time right now. And there was a big machloket, there was a big controversy of whether we should be kind to Rome, whether we should just be subservient to Rome, or we should like fight back, or is it more dangerous to fight back? There was a big disagreement between the different rabbis, and this disagreement happens throughout the Talmud. Should we just be subservient and just study, do the best we can, or should we um, provoke them and just be completely rebellious? And there's actually a difference of opinion between Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma and Rabbi Hanina ben Tardion. Of course, they're still chaverim, they're still friends, they're still... Um, respect each other. Obviously, Rabbi Hanin is coming to visit Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma, but they seem to at least politically disagree with how we should deal with our oppressors with Rome. So Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma said to him, Hanina, my brother, do you not know that this nation has been given reign by a decree from heaven? Meaning, you know, that, yes, that, that, that you know, Rome did te doing terrible things, but maybe this is to punish us. Maybe God, you know, did this to punish us and we've done wrong and this is our punishment. Right? The proof is that, he says, is that Rome has destroyed God's temple and burned his sanctuary and killed his pious ones and destroyed his best ones, and it still exists. Meaning, Rome has done the worst things in the world. God has destroyed God's home, God's temple, in 70 CE, uh, and killed uh, Jews, killed righteous Jews, destroyed them, yet it still exists. Like, why hasn't God destroyed Rome? And, and if, God's, if Rome's done such horrible things... Evidently, all of this is by divine decree. Meaning, Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma seems to have a theology to say that, like, if God preserves Rome and doesn't destroy Rome when they do evil, like when they do really, really bad evil, the worst evil, then it must be that they, they must be a divine rod, a, a, a whip to punish the Jewish people, right? And that must be his theology here. And so he's trying to prove that to Rabbi Hanina, saying you have to just be subservient to these punishments because, like, this is what God actually wants. So you, we're, I'm really just following what God wants. And so Rabbi Hanina says back, I'm sorry, Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma says back to Rabbi Hanina. Of course, it's all happening, by the way, when Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma is ill and, and very, very sick. Um, but regardless, he says back to him, And yet I heard about you that you sit and engage in Torah study and convene assemblies in public and have a Torah scroll placed in your lap, thereby demonstrating complete disregard for the decrees issued by the Romans. Right? That Rabbi Hanina is really taking a different approach. Uh, Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma was really was really known to be kind to the Romans and to be subservient, and he didn't teach Torah in public and didn't seem uh, convene assemblies in public and do things to annoy and irritate the Romans. But Rabbi Hanina did. He seemed to be not afraid. He sat and engaged in Torah study in public, which was of course forbidden by Roman law. That that was seen as a, a rebellious act. And seems to be doing these things to irritate the Romans and to rebel against them, which, according to Rabbi Yosef and Kisma's theology, right, he's not being subservient to God's punishment at this time. Right, and so this seems to be a disagreement. And, I, and this is the part I love, because, you know, look, as Jews, we have so many disagreements all the time, especially in religious life. There are just so many disagreements. And the question comes in the end, like, who's actually good? Like, does it matter who's right in the agreement or not? What really matters is... I would I would hope is is who's actually just a good who's who's good not necessarily who wins the argument, not saying that the arguments aren't important. Remember they're having this conversation, but but who in the end is worthy of the world to come? That's going to be the question. Who's worthy of um, eternal life? Who's worthy of who's doing good, right? And the question that they're going to answer is not. It's interesting how Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma determines if Rabbi Hanina ben Tirdayon is good. Right, so the, the because the question that Rabbi Hanina says back to him, interestingly enough, is my teacher. This is this Rabbi Hanina is a student to Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma. He's disagreeing with his teacher on politics here, and he said to my teacher, "What will become of me?" 
you know, what's going to happen to me, my teacher? Am I destined for life in the world to come? Right? Am I, am I a good person? Have I, is God loving what I'm doing? Right? Even though I'm disagreeing with my teacher, which is a big thing, where I'm doing something against... It seems that Rabbi Hanin is basically like, yes, I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing, even though you disagree with me um, on this political thing. But like, am I still destined for life the world to come if I don't listen to you in this, in this political matter? And I love, even through Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma's sickness, he's able to answer him in such a beautiful way. Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma said to him, did any special incident occur to you which might serve as an indication, right? And this comes from Rashid Chochma. This was actually quoted in Rashid Chochma, right? This is the part we learned, right? Um, ha, ha, you know, is, has there been any special incident? Which, of course, in the Hebrew is, Amar lo klumase bal yedecha. Have you done any action? Has any action come to your hand? Because, of course, as the Reishi Chochmah was getting at, like, it doesn't matter what the political argument is here. What really matters is um, what actions have you actually done to do to serve God, right? That's what actually matters. You know, we can have political disagreements over these big questions, but, you know, are you doing good? So Rabbi Yossi ben Kisner replies to him, did any special incident occur to you which might serve as an indication? Um, Rabbi Chani ben Tirion said to him, I confused my own coins that I needed for the festivities of Purim with coins of charity, and I distrib- distributed them all to the poor at my own expense. Right? So, you know, as I said before, he gave his money for the Purim meal to um, poor people who needed it. And uh, Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma, it seems like without blinking, says back to him, If that is so, may my portion be of your portion, and may my lot be of your lot. Meaning, as I said before, you know, Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma says, Then we're in the same school. Right? It doesn't matter if we have these political arguments, uh, but what really matters in the end is that uh, you, you do mitzvot, right? Then you, you've done good. You're doing good in the world. If you're doing giving to the tzedakah, if you're being a good person, if you're acting well, even sometimes when these political situations get complicated, right? Um, what really matters is are you doing the mitzvot that God desires, right? And and being a good person, and specifically privileged beyond the Purim Suda, which is also a mitzvah is also a mitzvah given by God. It seems that it's even pr- more privileged to help your fellow man up, to give tzedakah to your fellow man. That's even given higher than more of a ritual mitzvah, which is the sudat Purim, the preparing a nice meal on, on Purim. They're both mitzvot, but tzedakah has definitely seemed to be you know raised to be higher on this. And unfortunately, the, the story does have a sad ending. Um, Yossi ben Kisma dies later of his illness, and the Talmud notes that you know, all the Roman notables went to bury him and they gave him a great eulogy and it was very honorable and it was kind of a, a great honored death as much as a good death can be. Um, he died, you know, of old age seemingly and um, the Romans, the Roman notables who he became friends with because he was good towards the Romans um, came and greeted him. And on upon returning from Rabbi Yosef and Kisma's funeral that, you know, they went to the Jewish side of town, the Jewish cemetery here, they found Rabbi Hanina ben Tirdayon, who was sitting and engaging in Torah and convening assemblies in public where the Torah scroll places left, doing exactly um, what Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma questioned him about, right? He was teaching Torah in public. What, of course, happens, they brought Rabbi Hanina, the Romans brought Rabbi Hanina to be sentenced, and, and unfortunately, it's a very hard story, uh, wrapped him in the Torah scroll and encircled him with bundles of branches, and they set fire to it, and they brought tufts of wool and soaked them in water and placed them on his heart so that his soul should not leave his body quickly. Basically, they tortured him and, while burning him to death. Um, and, and it's just, um, it's just, uh, it's, it's just a, it, it's a hard, it's a hard story. I always kind of, whenever we read this during the martyr, you read this story in the martyrology, uh, at least this part of the martyr, the story, you don't actually read the part about Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Hanina. You just read about Rabbi Hanina's death. Um, you know, I always, I always 
um, cry a little bit when I when I read the story because it's just really hard to read and it, and it's and it's so sad to see these Torah scholars burned alive like this. It's it's horrible. Um, and interestingly enough, as he's dying, Rabbi Hanin, you know, his daughter says to him, "Father, must I see you like this?" And Rabbi Hanina ben Tirdan said to her. If I alone were being burned, it would be difficult for me. But now that I'm burning along with a Torah scroll, he who will seek retribution for the insult according to the Torah scroll, who will also seek retribution for the insult according to me. Right? So basically, you know, I'm going to have to pay for this Torah scroll, right? You know, this Torah scroll being burnt, it was my fault and I feel bad. You know, what is Rabbi Hanini even worried about at his death is his actions and the damage he causes to sacred items or the good that he does for others, that's what he's really worried about, when certainly he should be worried about himself right now. right? His daughter says, I can't see you like this, and, and what is Rabbi Hanina worried about? He's like, I can't see the Torah like this. Or he's thinking about somebody else. He's doing he's doing good at this moment. Um, and uh, the story goes on and talks about other things, which are, which are um, again, this story should be read in full, as I just did most of it, um, but... Um, I really want to bring home this idea that that really what matters is not these like big controversies over you know uh, theoretical ideas, although it's really interesting and that could lead to a lot of wisdom debating those theoretical ideas. As long as at the end of the day, what Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma teaches Rabbi Hanina is that like as long as you do well in the world, as long as your mind clings to in the end, b'mase in the practical world, doing good for your fellow man and doing God's mitzvot, right, worrying about God. In that regard, in the real world, in the real world, in, in terms of our actions, in terms of the way we behave, not the way, by the way, how others behave, how we behave, right? Not judging others, but specifically how I behave or how, you know, and in my worrying about one's own actions and the way they're, they're living according to mitzvot, then we will inherit Olamaba, well, then we will inherit, you know, a, a blessed life, we'll inherit the world to come, uh, we'll inherit a life to God in which really... God makes a dira, makes a, a living quarter in our our heart and our souls, and, and lives amongst us and clings to, as as long as we cling to Him through doing good and doing action, which is again what the Rashi Chokma is going to get at over and over and over again. One of the essences of Rashi Chokma, the Sefer, is that that action is is so important, um, not just Torah study in general, and certainly the major theme of the introduction. Well, I really hope you enjoyed this today. We'll probably learn again tomorrow. Uh, a, a selection from Shara Yirah, the gate of awe, um, so we can get a little bit of our working on our our, our, our our awe and fear of God, our respect for God in Lamase and in the in the practical world, and and really work on that. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed this today. If you have any questions, uh, please feel free to message me, email me. Uh, please subscribe to my podcast on Apple iTunes, and feel free to share it with your friends uh, so we can grow this learning community that we're starting together. All right, talk to you soon. Bye now.